Well, it's a privilege to give this, uh, the messages that God has given me over the last 50 years and to share them with you. I don't know if anybody's uh, really looking forward to 2022. Um, but I read this, somebody sent me this quote on Facebook. Nobody claimed 2022 as your year. We're all gonna walk real slow. Be good and quiet. Be cautious and respectful and don't touch anything. I think that's pretty fair <laughs> assessment of uh, how we are looking forward to that uh, uh, to the coming year. Oops. This one was also on the uh, on the Facebook staying up New, New Year's Eve not to see the new year but to make sure this one leaves. I think uh, I think that captures the heart of uh, our preparation for this coming uh, few days as we look forward to another year. I'm just reminded that we have to remember, we know, part of us knows this isn't heaven. But part of us forgets that we still have to wrestle and overcome. Because, but God's kingdom has begun in our hearts and in, on a very personal level. Uh, but there is a, a wrestling required. I hesitate to look in the newspaper or to listen to the news these days. It seems like that on every side there's evidence that our, we are living in a troubled world. The corruption is rampant. Um, as far as I can see, um, it used to be just lawyers that we we're hated, we uh, looked down upon, but now it's many because uh, the corruption is so rampant. And for the first time, um, we have the phrase fake news. Well, I never thought of news having to be explained in such a way that. Uh, that some of it is fake and some of it is true, how can you tell? And I think that, uh, well, I can't seem to find this. Anyway, we, we find that crime is escalating and there's certainly fear and, uh, amid the crisis. I think that the fear that that uh, abounds to these days is that is what are our kids and our grandchildren facing? And I think there is a hesitant 
hesitancy and a wonder uh, about that. And one of the most difficult things oops, is that this, everything that we are seeing is a restrained evil. I don't know if you've ever uh, read that verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 6 where it says that um, God uh, is or somebody is restraining the evil at this present time and at some point he will be taken out of the way and then literally all hell will break loose. You and I are uh, privileged to live in a country that, like Canada, at least I feel privileged. Um, so many people are struggling far, far worse than we are. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 that um, there are terrible times coming. Um, if they aren't already bad enough. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, we read, But understand this, that in the last days, there will set in some perilous times, great distress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, utterly self-centered. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Lovers of money, aroused by inordinate greed for wealth, proud, arrogant, contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. They will be without natural affection, callous and inhuman, admitting no truce or appeasement. They will be false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, loose in morals. They will be treacherous, harsh, inflated with self-conceit, and the list goes on. But I think the more we are in the presence of unbelievers or even in some believers, um, we're recognizing some of these traits, some of these qualities that, that uh, we wonder about how much worse it can get. As I mentioned as, as a start, is that we still need to wrestle with the things of God that we don't understand. I've had to do a fair bit of wrestling myself, and as any of you, trying to, we have things happening today uh, that are hard to understand. Somebody um, spoke to me a couple weeks ago of uh, a a crisis situation that they were facing, that one of their relatives had got, had died, and was the husband. 
He left six children and a mother to look after the kids. And the question was, why would God do that? I think, first of all, I don't believe that God did that. But we're facing those kind of stresses uh, in a new way that is hard for us to take. I remember in the early days of my Christianity, uh, dealing with difficult questions. What about those who've never had a chance to hear the gospel? Why do good things happen to, or bad things happen to good people, as someone has written in the book? Nevertheless, the kingdom has begun. In Daniel chapter 2, 3, and 4, we read of Nebuchadnezzar, um, who was king of a portion of the country that uh, at that that time was present-day Iraq in our day. And he was a ruthless king. And yet he had to learn the hard way that God is in control. He had a dream that we've heard and read about uh, just in the weeks past. And he demanded, it bothered him, but he wanted his, uh, the people that he trusted and looked to, to explain to him what the dream was and the meaning of it. Because it shook him up. And nobody could do that. And Daniel says, uh, said in Daniel chapter 2 that he couldn't do that either. Nobody can tell you what you dreamed except God. And, but there, Daniel had a faith in God that came through uh, loud and clear. And he told King Nebuchadnezzar that the God of heaven was giving him a foretaste of what is to come in the future. And we read about four successive world powers that came about just as the, the statue revealed, that each one uh, having different qualities. And in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 24, it says that in the days that, uh, uh, of, the, of the rock that broke down the image, God would set up a kingdom which would supersede all kingdoms and never end. And you and I look forward to that day. Um, and that day uh, has started to come and it came in the form of, um, of the child in the manger. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, 
there will be no end. And I want us to, just to focus in on that for a moment. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Um, to me, that speaks of um, the reign of Christ in a way that, um, that few of us think about it. In that we don't know if that means planet after planet after planet, but it certainly means more than country after country after country. Um, that Christ's kingdom reign is, has no end. I didn't know I had that. I want us to think about what we just went through in the last few weeks in rehearsing the Christmas story. I don't know if you ever realized the overall, the orchestration of the events that, that happened. It says that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, um, but you know how governments are, that uh, it may not be Caesar himself that had the idea, but one of the, his counselors. And it had to filter all the way through the empire and to come down to the place in and around Jerusalem um, that demanded that everybody go back to their birthplace and be taxed or uh, a census taken. And this finally had to reach uh, Jerusalem or uh, Joseph and Mary at a time when she was heavily pregnant. If you can imagine or just think about the, uh, the delicacy of that arrangement, how many men would take a pregnant wife on a four-day journey on a donkey or maybe uh, walking at 20 miles a day um, from Nazareth to Bethlehem when, she, when it was revealed that Mary was heavily pregnant. If it would have been off just a little bit, she could have had the baby in Nazareth she could have had the baby on the way. Um, she could have had the baby after they left Bethlehem. But the intricacy of that orchestration that she, the baby, had to be born in Bethlehem. And getting Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem um, is no easy task. And uh, I'm sure the arguments went back and forth. Well, in his mind, uh, well, maybe you should stay with your mother or you should stay here and have the baby. No, they both traveled to Bethlehem and had this baby. Now, Joseph probably was not a rich man so that he only had to spend uh, a certain amount of time or uh, he could only afford to send, spend a certain amount of time in, um, in Bethlehem. 
Meanwhile, it said, not only the shepherds, but the wise men came from the east. But nobody says, how far east? Was it Iran? Was it Iraq? Was it India? Was it China? And when did they start? How long a journey did they have? We don't know. But we know that something stirred them to take on this tremendous journey, however far it was, to bring very costly treasures and to start out on a trip that they didn't know where it would lead. When they came to Herod, um, Herod's household and those around him were greatly uh, troubled by the events. And Herod demanded from his trusted entourage or from his counselors where the Christ was to be born. And they knew he was to be born in Bethlehem. The prophecies went ahead. And so uh, the, the wise men went, were sent to Bethlehem. And it says that the star that they had followed went before them and stood over where the young child was. I don't know about you, but the only thing that I see up there, the bright star at night is the spit, probably is the space station. Um, we don't know what they saw, but it convinced them to make this journey. And they arrived at just at the time that an angel spoke to Joseph in a dream. Take the young child and go to Egypt. Well, that's easy for us to think about. And I don't know if we've ever uh, dealt with it or wrestled with the thought. Joseph probably didn't have a lot of money. And he had no plans whatsoever. He didn't, we don't know if he knew anybody in, in Egypt. And the, the wise men, in a dream, it says, they were told to not go back to Herod, but to go to some other place. So the way that God orchestrated events um, is the way that God still works in our day and time. And their treasures provided the money that Joseph needed to take the child to Egypt. While he was there, we don't know how long, we, but we do know that when the time was right, the angel again appeared to Joseph in the dream and said, you can go back now because those that uh, seek the baby's life are dead. We hardly ever mention the stress of those days. Herod was furious when the wise men didn't come back. He waited a long time, probably up to two years. And, during, and at that time, he, he gave strict orders that any child 
under two years should be killed. Now, part of us asks, why? Why did God permit this? But those are the kind of things that you and I wrestle with. Um, we do not understand the whys. Why, the why questions are very hard. They're hard for us, they're hard for theologians, they're hard for all of us. So, Joseph came back and, and uh, relocated in Israel. How many of you have ever had dreams that you believe were from God? Think about it for a moment. I've had one in my whole life where I knew that the thought, the dream wasn't my own. And it was of a, during a time when I was backsliding and I saw myself on a 10-speed bike going down a cobblestone road and turning down around a corner or rounding corner where the grade was terrible. I knew, and the message was absolutely clear. Get off the bike now before you do yourself great harm. I get the message. The only dream I've ever had in my life where I believed that God was talking to me. And I believe God has different ways that he speaks to us. Um, this was a way that, uh, um, that he spoke to Joseph. Let's go on. Sorry. Bill said this was tricky. Um, said that when... Uh, sorry. Okay. We know that the Savior has come. And that was the... The very important day. To us, it's, it doesn't seem as important as it probably was to, to the people of this day. They were looking forward to the Messiah's come to the earth to rescue the people from, uh, from their bondage. And we look forward to that day when, well, well quite often we, when we pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We expect that in the coming kingdom, Christ will rule and reign in such a way that there will be no injustice, no greed, no uh, used car salesmen. Um, there will be no corruption in government. There will be no backstabbing. There will be no fake news. There will be no lying. Um, people that you can't trust anymore. Uh, we believe that that kingdom will come. 
And we're told about a little bit about it in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, where the apostle John was given a forecast of history in what is to come. And I heard a loud voice in chapter 21 from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. We look forward to that day that somehow that um, I don't look forward to the news every night or reading the paper of one corruption, one corrupt act after another. But one day will come when there will be no corruption and no thievery and no murder, and nothing evil. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22 that um, all those things uh, there will, are on the outside. There will be, uh, there's a difference between the outside and the inside. And inside will be none of these things. In second, oops. There we go. Um, in Second Peter chapter three, it talks. Of, we know that there will come a planetary destruction of the of this earth. But in keeping with God's promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Again, I don't know about you. But I feel um, very strongly about injustice. I hate to say it. I hate, um, there's a part of me that has real difficulty in uh, coping with the, the, the things I see around me. In Isaiah... It talks about a time coming when there will be no murder or killing. In the uh, people category and also in the animal category. There will be no one. The lion will lie down with the lamb. The wolf um, will, uh, will be at peace with everyone. And we can hardly imagine that. But all of our sin is um, spread to the animal and nature kingdom as well as the people kingdom. That there is a great destruction that has happened as a result of our sin. You can read about the coming uh, world. Some of it will happen right here on earth. 
the lion and the lamb type of uh, uh, verses that that speak of, um, well, it, it says that the bear will eat straw like the ox. Well, who can imagine that? Do, do any of you, we can imagine how that can be, and yet we look forward to that day. In chapters 65 and 66 of Isaiah, it's, it seems to speak of a renewal of God's dealings with the focus being on Israel. And uh, I didn't go into and plan to go into the difficulties that are, are coming when the Holy Spirit is taken away from restraining uh, the evil that's on this earth. In chapter 65 and 66 of Isaiah, it says that, that um, the law will go forth from Jerusalem and God will make his home, his dwelling place, with us. Again, there are so many things uh, that are spoken of that we cannot imagine. So what do we do? So what do we do? In Hebrews chapter 12 and 22, um, it says that to verse, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In another translation, it says, looking unto Jesus, a daily looking in the right direction will keep us focused on 2022. Um, if we look at the world, we're in trouble. If we look at ourselves, we are weak and old. But we need to practice the discipline of looking unto Jesus every day, every moment, every night. That he will take us through whatever is before us. And he'll take our kids through as he took us through. When I was a teenager, I lived in Southern California and Anaheim in Orange County. They make shows about it now. But in those days, it was rampant drug um, of not of the kind of East Hastings Street, but where people were experimenting with all kinds of drugs. And it was rampant in the schools. And yet God uh, kept his hand on me. I had a good church to go to in, in Anaheim. I had a, an opportunity to hear the word of God, to practice what the gift that God had given me. And God will continue to do that with our children and our grandchildren. Your kids, my kids. Uh, and their kids. And it, it says in another place that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. And God has again promised to us, never, no, never will I forsake you or leave you. Um, 
And in another place it says that Jesus said to his disciples, I will be with you even until the end of the world. And those are the kind of thoughts that you and I need to focus on in this coming year. As we look forward to walking through 2022, one day at a time.